Welcome, ghoulish mortals, and gather round for tales of terror with your ghost hosts, Jen Toombs and Lisa Macabre, while they explore cryptids, hauntings, and occasionally murder. So, hold on to your butts, your ghost butts. Hi guys. Hi. Welcome, welcome to Ghost Butts. Thanks. <laughs> Not you. This is Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> this is Lisa Macab. And this is Jen Toombs. I forgot we had to introduce ourselves. <laughs> That's us. <laughs> we're the we're the ghosts. I'm very Ghost excited. Most, babe. Because this is like a pairing episode. Yes. Lisa just came on to the the devil made me review it. I don't know why yeah. I always like stumble on my the own. The devil other made podcast. me review the ghost butts. That's right. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it sounds a little pervy, but I, I mean, I'm okay with that. I mean, it's butts. Yeah. Um. So Lisa just came on ours. We reviewed the uh, the what Moth year did Man. Mothman come out? The movie with Richard Gere. I don't know. I, I feel like it might have been like the early. I thought hundreds. it was the. I thought it was not. Keep wanting to say ninety nine, but I feel like that's not real. I feel like that could be actually very, very um, accurate. 2002. So whatever. It felt like oh, okay. the, the late 90s. I think he actually said that, didn't he? 2002. Did he? Jack. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Jack did. Yeah. So Jack was on our, was it last week? No. Yeah. Last week. Last week. He came on. Episode. And ghost busted, myth busted our yes. ghosts and demons facts. He poured water in our fire. <laughs> That's right. All of our ghost fire. Oh, wait. I need that. So, yeah. Today, we're going to talk about Mothman. (sighs) This was really difficult for me. I've been literally researching this thing. And a lot of my friends can attest to it because, oh, like for at least like maybe the last month. I know Kenny's very upset or not upset over it. (laughs) I know my sister's over it. Everybody. Everybody. So, I I read John Keel's book, The Mothman Prophecies. Um, I read another book. I kind of skimmed through the other book, to be honest with you, because I or I actually I did an audiobook. I totally cheated on John Keel's because nobody got time for that. So I, I also read one called The Mothman: The Facts Behind the Legend, Expanded Edition by Donnie Sargent Jr. and Jeff Wamsley. That one I actually read. And then uh, the audio book was The Mothman Prophecies based on the true story by John A. Keel. And it was read by Craig Wasson. Craig Wasson. Yeah, he had a great voice. It kept me in- enthralled. Was he an inmate? You know that a lot of prisoners read audio books. Oh. There's like a bunch of Ed Kemper great... books that he Ooh. read. Yeah. How That's, creepy. I don't like that. No. <laughs> I do not like him reading me to sleep. I don't want Ed Kemper reading anything to me. Mm. I actually was thinking about like playing this while i was sleeping because i was like maybe it'll finally like get through my head no that sounds like <laughs> nightmare party <laughs> mothman, yeah. ah, mothman! Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was really difficult and then this last week um well it'll probably be a couple weeks from you guys but this last week we walked into our our shop Aww. and it was fully flooded so we've been having to deal with all that this week it's just been a it's been a week. Mothman, I, I'm actually going to be glad to put him behind me for a while. Right. I'll probably have to put it back up because I don't think I even scratched the surface. 
uh, there was actually a really good um, podcast that I've been listening to, too, um, called The Astonishing Legends. Have you heard that one? Oh, no. It's like these two guys. They have a four-parter on, wow. on Mothman. It was actually really cool. That's uh, a lot of Mothman. Yeah. Yeah. And and each part's like two hours. Holy crap. Yeah. So that was a pretty good um, podcast, too, because I, I heard a lot of their explanations and their theories and... I am really adept. Yeah, I like that one. So it's just been a an intense couple weeks. So, Jen, I'm ready. Do you believe in ghosts? I'm sorry. What ghosts? Yeah. Duh. Do you believe in aliens? <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Okay, cool. Because the Mothman has a lot of alien roots. There's a oh. lot of ultra ultra terrestrials. Extra terrestrials. Extra. Terrestrials? E.T. phone home? What's ultra terrestrials? I don't know. I don't know what that is. Let's look it up. I know that when I worked at Mac, women would come in and ask me where ultra was. And I was like, <laughs> ultra? Ultra. Um, nowhere. Wait, that's not real. I feel like ultra terrestrials is a thing, though. Maybe. I just haven't heard it. Where is it? The eighth tower. Oh, actually, I think... That has to do with um, Mothman. I think ultra... And if someone wants to tell me, ultra terrestrials are an alien race that, well, isn't really alien. In fact, they originate from Earth just like humans. But their civilization is... Bro, what? I've never even heard of this. So much older and more advanced than ours that they have no trouble hiding from us. For whatever reason. The term was coined by ufologist John Keel in his book Operation Trojan Horse in 1970, where he claimed that the UFO's various supernatural phenomena, like the Mothman and religious narratives, implied the activity of an almighty high-energy being coexisting with humans on Earth. So one of our topics today are actually, quote-unquote, men in black, and I know... That movie has kind of killed it for a lot because every time, yeah, every time I hear it, I'm like, (sighs) I love listening. Yeah, but actually the Men in Black term or movie was based off of the actual Men in Black, whereas there are these, I think, ultra terrestrial beings that kind of police aliens, I think, and come down and visit um, witnesses, alien witnesses. And try to dissuade them and intimidate them not to, um, not to tell, tell anybody to, you know, ignore it, forget it, for didn't, things might not go the best way for you if you continue to go down this path type thing. Right. So yeah, that's, I think those are ultra terrestrials. So like I said, men in black are a very prevalent part of this situation and this, um, entity, I guess, or phenomenon there you yeah. go that was the word i was trying to think of before this phenomenon. Worked, but phenomenon was better yeah um let me find it so let's just go from the beginning we're going to go back into the men in black later because i have a lot to say about that so during the 13 months from 1966 to 1967 over 100 sightings of a red-eyed bird-like man terrorized the west virginia and ohio area Spooky. <laughs> At this time in the 60s, hundreds of UFO sightings in the Tri-County area were reported by residents claiming to have seen strange, bright lights and unexplainable flying objects in the sky. There were more going on at this time than just the Mothman sightings. 
there are multiple UFO reports, and more importantly, men in black reports that were far less reported than either, either of the other two. People were afraid of reporting the men in black, so after people reported seeing UFOs or creatures, they would be visited by strange men in black who would try to dissuade and intimidate witnesses to forget what they saw, almost threaten people to tell not tell anyone, once again. Um, so at this time, there are way too many UFO reports to ignore, with sightings appearing daily and featured in local papers. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say earlier. These things were reported daily, and not like just like one or two a day, like two three reports all in a day all in the same area that has to there's some people are seeing something yeah something it'd be weird to make it up yeah for no reason for ridicule right why would you where and these weren't like fantastical people these were like hardcore farmers or like old people this is the middle of nowhere in west Virginia. yeah people you know back then you didn't even want to wear a mustache because you thought people would think you're funny looking all right Let's talk about some sightings. Ooh. So, on November 1st, 1966, a large bird-like man was spotted by a National Guardsman at the armory near the McClintock Wildlife Management Area. His body was brown, and it looked like a nine-foot man with a wingspan of approximately ten feet. Nightmare now, fuel. Huh? Nightmare fuel. Yeah. On Wednesday, November 2nd, 1966... Woodrow or Woody Derenberger at about 7.30 p.m. was returning home from the Marietta, Ohio, from Marietta, Ohio, when he had a strange experience. He was driving on Route 77 in Parkersburg, West Virginia. He claimed that he saw a flying metallic lantern-shaped craft, like narrow on top and bulbous towards the bottom. Yeah. Um, the ship traveled right by his truck and blocked the roadway ahead and gradually made him slow down to, st- to stop on the side of the road. A man stepped out, smiling at Woody. I should also mention that ahead of the 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 craft, there was a, a black sedan, mm-hmm. and the lantern shaped craft looked like it was kind of like following the sedan. And then the sedan, oh, on the road, yeah, okay, the sedan left. Men in black usually drove in like black sedans, so that was oh yeah, yeah, men in black. I know every time. <laughs> <laughs> um. A man stepped out, smiling at Woody. He asked Woodrow to roll down the window and told him he would like to speak with him. He told him, don't be frightened. We mean you no harm. We wish you only happiness. He asked Woodrow what he was called and told him, I am called cold. The strange part of this was that he said this all telepathically. (laughs) I don't like that. (laughs) I know. Injured cold and Mr. Derenberger's conversation lasted about 10 minutes. Cold told him, we eat, we breathe, we sleep. We bleed, even as you do. Before turning to his flying craft, he said, we will see you again. Um, Darren Berger was a salesman. I think he was a washing machine salesman. Yeah. And um, he said, you know, what are you, I think? He said, oh, I'm a salesman. And he said, I'm a searcher. Oh. And Drake Colt said, I'm a searcher. Uh, another thing to add here is that he told him there was a city off in the distance and he said what is that where is that where am or um uh when when is this so that's kind of weird too oh. a lot of people think that maybe um these beings or men in black are actually like time traveler type things they're like beings from different parts of time that are trying to go back and and fix whatever's around think about also like the actual movie men in black 
um, they also think that maybe they whenever the men in black come over to talk to people they'll ask them like oh do you have any scars tell me about yourself like so who are you tell me about your father tell me about your mother you know they'll ask them personal questions they'll ask them about their scars and they think that maybe the scars kind of like indicate like what kind of alien abducted them or they what kind of alien um they had that contact with so that was interesting too right oh yeah Okay, so <clears throat> Derenberg later reported this event to the police. He said he was dressed a little off, and the material he wore was kind of like shiny or space suity, kind of similar. Oh, I know. He said he looked he looked normal, but the material was just a little off, like a little shiny. Oh, yeah, yeah. like normal clothes, but like that's kind of a weird almost material. like you know how like exercise clothes have like yeah. that like yeah like spandexy yeah maybe um. He also walked towards Woody, smiling, grinning from ear to ear, with his hands tucked up under his armpits. You know what you want to say. (laughs) What did she say? Uh, Mary Catherine? Yeah. She goes, Oh, there you go. Sometimes I put my hands in my armpits like this. Oh, yeah. That's what I was trying to think of. I was like, and all I know is she sniffs her hands. I used to hate that movie. It's so gross. Uh, my sister used to love it, and I was like, this is I love, I love Will Ferrell, but oh, like, yeah. I but don't. that movie just lit. Um, so he also said, or he also told this to a reporter in town, too. And the next day, he went through a full, complete interview and told the reporter everything. Now, Woody Derenberger is very... Like, he's very, like, to the point, soft-spoken, like, kind of like, well, this is what happened, this is what happened then, and that's what happened then. And that's that type thing, you know? And there's actually a clip online. There's a lot of clips from different people. Yeah, there's so much documented proof online or proof from witnesses online. So I would really want to, like, maybe put some, um, some clips throughout here, maybe, or even at the end. We'll see. Um, so on the same night... A man said that he and a co-worker were driving through Parkersburg, West Virginia. An elongated object landed nearby. A man stepped out smiling with his hands tucked into his armpits. He asked them, who are you? Where are you from? Where are you going? What time is it? Then he walked back to the aircraft and it rose into the sky. He told a local reporter named Mary Heyer. But a few days later, his his son, the guy's son, told him or called Mary and told him, hey, don't post that after all. And so she called the initial man and trying to talk to him about it. And he said um, he didn't he told her he didn't want to talk about it and that a scientist told him not to he told him it would be better if he forgot about it. She's like, what scientist? She's like, I don't know. Some guy from the university. He was a little weird, but he was dressed all in black. And so there we go again. The men in black trying to come in and be like, no, you didn't see what you thought. Yeah. So she kind of had to forget about it. November 2nd, Gallipolis, Ohio, a woman saw a massive object land in a nearby parking lot and two plain dressed men exit and ask her questions in a strange dialect. On the same night, two men met a man that sounded a lot like injured cold. I think that's the first one. The other one. Um, 
On November 11, 1966, four men were digging a grave near dusk, and they reported seeing a large brown bird-like man fly above them. This happened near Clendendale. A few people think that this is actually untrue because it's Clendendale, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And um, people, th- this didn't come out until kind of like later after everything. And this was, and it's supposed to have taken place before that um, initial um, or the actual biggest story that, that um, came out about the next one I'm going to show you. So, in real life, November 1st was the first time they saw Mothman because the National Guard. November 11th was when these four men said they were digging a grave and saw a l- large bird-like creature. And now um, there's another one later that I'm going to tell you that's actually like people say this is their actual true one besides the, um, the National Guard one. So according to some early sightings, Mothman did not seem to have a head, but eyes set near the tops of his shoulders. Some witnesses recalled seeing a head, but one without features. Some said the wings were not feathered, while others said the wings had small patches of feathers, while others said that they were bat-like wings. Mothman shuffled on human-like legs and made a strange, high-pitched squeaking sound. The entity could take off straight up into the air without moving its wings. It flew as though gliding without flapping its wings. This creature would be seen throughout the next 13 months in Point Pleasant, and it was estimated that over 100 sightings within this time though there are unidentified reports and the actual number of reported sightings may be quite lower. Um, We talked about earlier, the men in black, so the Mothman witnesses were often accompanied by men in black who wanted them not to speak about it. And the strange sightings all seemed to culminate in the collapse of the Silver Bridge on December 15th, 1967. That was pretty much like the end of the actual sightings. From what I know, there's still a few sightings now. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Okay. November 14th, Newell Partridge were watching TV with his, fr- with his wife, and his TV started shrieking, and the glass kind of shattered on the TV. His dog started freaking out on the porch, and he decided to go outside, and um, he saw red lights going around intermittently in the distance. There was a high-pitched shrieking sound outside um but the dog was just freaking out going crazy and he ran off into the night after it and uh he tried to call his dog back but it just wouldn't come and the dog was never located so this guy said that he was he felt so such a sense of dread and like feeling of a predator out there and being prey Mm -hmm. that he actually couldn't physically leave so he sat down on his porch with a shotgun and then he went to bed later, and then the dog just never showed up again. So, the creature was sighted in many places across West Virginia and the surrounding states, but the largest number of sightings happened near the old West Virginia Ordnance Works, an area now known by locals as the TNT area. <clears throat> One of the first stories of the Mothman takes place in Point Pleasant, Ohio, when two married couples who lived in Point Pleasant were hanging out in the desolate TNT area, located on the Ohio River off of Route 62. It was known as West Virginia Ordnance, which it, which was a munitions factory, manufacturing factory, site in 1922. It was originally 8,023 acres from 1942 to 
1945, about 72,000 tons of TNT was produced, which was stored in above-ground bunkers called igloos. All this led to in-ground and water contamination. And after World War II, the plant was abandoned, so the whole land and water became toxic. Yeah. So, um, Steve Millette and his wife Mary and Roger and Linda Scarberry were driving near the TNT area and Linda saw a man with large wings run across the street. Linda noticed two bright red circles. They said it looked like it had two man-like legs and giant wings. It was about seven feet tall. It had wings that were visible on its back. The tips of the wings could be about 10 feet in width. Linda claims to have seen the Mothman multiple times within those 13 months. Sometimes she would see them outside her house. Sometimes she'd be driving down the road and it would just be perched there. Um, they decided at that time, the group drove by, saw them, and they decided to turn around and go back and look at it again. And at that point, it was near the TNT area again. But since they were, since I get, I don't know if it was like it bugged them or they bugged, bugged Mothman or something, mm-hmm. but then it started chasing them like oh. out of the town and it would like go on that side of the street and then like perch on the sign and then like fly above their car can i ask you a question yeah so did the the first sightings of mothman did they coincide with the military showing up no no the military um there was a military base there i think a long time ago oh okay mm-hmm. but uh the national guard was the first a national guardsman was the first person to see the mothman oh. on, around the base so the Mothman was supposed to have lived in that TNT area uh-huh. where it was, it was like, there was a big building there. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So, um, it followed them into town or followed them right outside of town and it actually flew over the car at one point. Um, so they're driving at like 190 miles an hour speed, just trying to get away from this thing. It's keeping up effortlessly. And on the way out, they actually saw a dog that had died on the side of the road. And, um, why did they always kill the dogs? I don't know, man. And so they were able to leave and, um, they heard it too, like screeched loudly in the air. So they went to the sheriff's department and reported the sighting on the way back and reported the sightings. Uh, when they got to the police officer officers, um, a deputy saw them and knew them, you know, a small town. They knew them as very, um, good citizens and they didn't really cause a lot of trouble never were never in trouble weren't really people to to make things up and they were so frightened that he took them seriously so um they followed him back on the way back in linda noticed that the dog was gone and then if you think about this too the day before right that other guy's dog dog disappeared so maybe mothman ate him so, um, when they got back to the, the area, um, he like parked his car, got out of it, was looking around with his flashlight, didn't see anything, got back in the car to turn on the radio and a loud shrieking sound came from the radio and the two couple was like, that sounds like what Mothman, that's what we sound we heard when it was around us. Damn. Yeah. I wish Mothman had a taste for like crocodiles, <laughs> you know, or like Take black those. widow spiders, like... Not dogs. Right. So, the the 
next day, I believe, um, the couple went to the local newspaper and Mary Heyer was the one to, um, to report it. Uh, a reporter at that newspaper actually tagged, tagged the Mothman, um, as the Mothman, even though it was a bird-like man from a villain in Batman. So that's where it got the name. But it was a bird. So I don't get Is it. Is the villain in Batman named Mothman? Oh, so apparently, like, there is a villain in Batman named Mothman, uh-huh. but I don't remember it. I don't either. I don't know. I know the Birdman maybe it was, Birdman movie. Yeah. Maybe it was just the um, the comic books or something, or maybe just the, the, t- the TV show. I don't know. Oh, yeah. That was that TV show. Mothman. In the 60s, too, right? Oh, yeah. Was it in the 60s? I think so. I mean, it looked like the 60s, but... Yeah, I think I know. It might also be the seventies. Yeah, because it all kind of looked the same until the late seventies. Yeah. Okay, so there was this other time. um, Her name was Connie Carpenter. She was actually Mary Hire's niece. She was driving part of the Riverside. She was driving through the Riverside Golf Club or around something like that, ten miles away from the TNT area. She saw a huge gray figure over seven feet tall with glowing red eyes and it says hoeing red eyes in my thing i just wanted to show you that or tell you guys that ho ass eyes <laughs> he has them hoeing red eyes okay it sounds like some shit you say before you seven take your feet hoops tall off. with hoeing red eyes uh-uh. <laughs> so connie slows down because it's like what the hell is that and then it just looks at her and it's keeping its eyes on her and she's like okay and it had like i said glowing hoeing eyes <laughs> And huge wings spread out, and it just went straight towards her car, like made a beeline. Like in the movie. Like it was just like, mm, and I was like, fuck you, gotta go. And so it just went straight to her car, and it started chasing her. Thankfully, she was able to get away. But this is the first case that afterwards she got conjunctivitis after this encounter. Pink encounter. eye. Pink eye. Wednesday got conjunctivitis once. That sucked. My nephew used to get it all the time. Oh, it's, he's a boy. You just, like, touch your butt and touch your eye. No. I'm always afraid that the dogs are going to, like, sit on our pillows when we're not there and be like. <laughs> Dude, that's real. I know. I'm so, I'm scared. My dogs get butthole prints everywhere. <laughs> I wash all of my blankets oh, so no. much. They're Thankfully. purebred, so, like, they can't, oh. I don't know, their butt is not self-cleaning like mm-hmm. a mutt, you know? I feel like small dogs, too, like, yeah. they just get a lot of butt problems. They do. They have, like, the anal glands have to get done and all that other stuff. Yeah, Egon's so fine. Glad. He'll probably live to be older than me. He's, like, <laughs> <laughs> he's just chugging along. Um, <laughs> Kenny's mom's dogs are the same way. They're all tiny little poodles and whatnot. They all have butt problems. I don't even know them, but I love them. I know. Or so, Crispy has like she has like curly hair everywhere, so she always gets poop stuck in her hair. Oh, they get like the dingleberries. You're like, and, just, oh. and then she gets all pissed off about it because she'll be like, <laughs> she's in Paris. <laughs> yeah, she really does. She gets so upset. I'm sure it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So, act act. Tinic conjunctivitis is an inflammation of the eye contracted from prolonged, prolonged exposure to ultraviolet rays. Symptoms are redness and swelling of the eyes. Most often the condition is caused by prolonged exposure to Klieg lights, therapeutic lamps, or acetylene torches. Other names for the condition include Klieg conjunctivitis, which is what they usually, or which what um, John Klein, uh, Keel wrote in his book. He would, he would, um, 
mention it as cleat conjunctivitis, eye burn, arc flash, welder's conjunctivitis, flash keratoconjunctivitis, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Pink eye. So, um, after these guys, that's when John Keel decided to come in. Mm-hmm. John Keel was actually a very respective, um, respectable um, reporter in the area for um, UFOs and um, that kind of um, sightings. Yeah. So he came when all these things happened. Um, he didn't know Mary yet, but Mary was a reporter reporting all these things going on around. So Mary and John, if you guys have seen the movie, if not, then watch um, Jen and Jack. Watch? Listen, Listen to Jen and Jack's Watch the podcast. movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there too. <laughs> also, yeah, watch the movie. Um, so his, uh, his 1975 book, The Mothman Prophecies, which is the one I listened to, was Keel's account of his investigation into alleged sightings in and around Point Pleasant, West Virginia of a huge winged creature called Mothman. The book combines Kiel's accounts of recent receiving strange phone calls with reports of mutilated pets and culminates with the December 15th, 1976, 1967 collapse of the Silver Bridge across the Ohio River. Um, he actually wrote, he actually started this um, whole story for an article in Playboy. Which is <laughs> so random. I know, but... But not, I guess, yeah. for that time. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, I just want to hear some some alien stories. We'll look at someone's butt. <laughs> yeah, nothing like titties and mothman. <laughs> I know. Exactly. So, um, when John Keel came to interview everyone, he interviewed Connie and the initial two couples. Connie was Mary's um, um, niece. Um, Mary, um, Mary was there as well. Uh, Connie's eyes were red and swollen um, and she had, he, she was the first one to experience his telltale reaction. Um, so they decided to go and after the, after taping their, um, stories, they decided to go back to the TNT area and kind of check it out. This would be John's first, um, initial reaction towards the TNT area and see what it was all about. So they all decided to go down. The police had now locked the old gate leading to the power plant after the first initial sightings too. There was huge groups of people that would go around and try to, um, um, you know, see sightings of the Mothman or even, like I said, UFO sightings in general. Like ghost hunters for Mothman. Yeah. Yeah. I always think of like, you know, when there's like a, a UFO sighting that's really big, like all those UFO people like flock to that area when they're like little trailers and they're like, yeah, man, you want to come see my, my room? There's like, like. <laughs> Like, alien stuff there. And then they have, like, that whole wall full of maps and stuff. Or, like, oh, little pinpoints. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what it reminds me of. Yeah. It has to be a hippie guy, too. Even though hippie era is... Era's, no, hippie, that's right when it is, huh? 967? Yeah. So they all decided to go to the TNT area. Um, they gathered inside the main entrance. Uh, like I said, the crowds were all gone at this point. Um, and there was about 10 people there. Their nervousness was just skyrocketed. I'm sure. Only Connie and Keith volunteered to enter the building with him and the others just hung out outside. So they three, the three went into the ruin. Connie was joking and having like a, <laughs> trying to, I think, keep the spirits up. Mm-hmm. Whereas her husband was very sober and quiet. Um, the interior of the building was filled with debris and silence, except for the soft sound of dripping water. 
there was large rest resting boilers and they didn't see anything they couldn't find anything so they were satisfied the building was empty and they started to leave um he was in front of the other two and then connie stepped through the door which led into a smaller chamber where the main exit was located and then she glanced over her shoulder and let out a horrified scream quote those eyes she screamed he's there unquote she dissolved into total hysteria crying uncontrollably uncontrollably um the brave cheerful girl was just gone and now a blubbering mess sorry um keith rushed to her and then she said i saw those eyes two big red ones by the wall in the back she managed to choke out while everyone gathered around her and tried to calm her he john keel was like what and he rushed back into the building looking for it he was like i want to see this thing but unfortunately he didn't see anything um he had his little flashlight and he searched the building from top to bottom and found nothing but when he got back outside he found the police officer deputy alva sullivan had joined their group and they were all looking through a fence facing a field that went behind the power plant Quote, unquote, we thought we saw something back of the plant. Mary Heyer explained, a tall figure running. Was it you? Un- unquote. He, he had never left the building. He right. told him so. So, was that the noise while you were in there? Mabel McDaniel asks. He's like, what noise? And they said it was a metallic and hollow, a loud noise, like a piece of metal had fallen all the way down from the top or something. Everyone heard the sound except for John. And I had... And he had known he didn't do anything like that so it wasn't him so um keith and connie were still upset they begged to get out of there all of a sudden mary Ma- uh, mallet suddenly exclaimed cupping her hand to her ear that she was bleeding so mary mallet she was bleeding from her ears yeah she started bleeding from her ears jesus that's like something out of a horror movie yeah her ear started bleeding so conjunctivitis and ear bleeding i wonder if like medically there there's like a connection i'm sure ears ear eyes and throat it's like a ear nose and throat doctor rather so mary mallet was um the wife of um the other guy <laughs> um she was one of the first two couples that saw him with linda scarberry oh yeah uh-huh steve mallet um they were the two couples that saw them going in and out of town um and the mothman was was so her ear just started bleeding out of nowhere so he looked he flashed a light in her ear and a small trickle of blood was oozing out and so he's like did you hear anything else everyone shook their head no mary said but it, no, but it doesn't really feel right here, does it? It feels kind of oppressive and heavy. Yeah. And he he agreed. Something did seem off. Um, Steve led his wife away and they just left. Uh, did anyone else see anything back there? He asked Deputy Sullivan quietly. And Deputy said, no, not really. He thought it might have been an animal, uh, maybe a deer or something that he saw. But they definitely did see something. Um, so the whole group was in panic. They were like bordering on panic, like kind of like a lot of a lot going on. They were just like, ah, yeah. Um, and he could see that everybody's feelings were real. Uh, Mrs. Millette's bleeding ear was a sign of concussion, meaning the air pressure had changed suddenly. Weird, right? So conjunctivitis, air pressure. But then again, they are in the TNT area, you know. Does it do that? I don't know. Toxic waste. 
I don't know, man. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it caused like nosebleeds and stuff, but yeah, oh yeah, but bleeding ears is a little different. Yeah, that's like scarier. Mm-hmm. A nosebleed you can like explain away, you know. Mm-hmm. So at this time too, um, after all this, he said that he was driving down the road and he would get to the certain area and he would just feel like so scared, like dread and like something horrible was gonna happen and just such fear and then he'd pass it and it would just go away weird and so he was like that's kind of weird let me do it again and he did like four or five times and every time he'd reach this little stress of land stretch of um road he just feels so intense and anxiety and then it just go away so he didn't really know what that was about but he had those feelings so he didn't really want to look into it too much <laughs> right he was like fuck that so um april 1967 filed um john and mary john keel and mary um Hire, Mary Hire. I'm telling you, I can't even remember these damn last names. Okay, but there's a lot of them, and a lot of them sound similar. Hire, yes. So John Kill and Mary Hire, the two main people in this damn story. <laughs> I keep wanting to call her Mary Magdalene. <laughs> saw strange balds, and it's funny because like I've been I've been researching this for like a month, and I still can't remember their goddamn names. I keep on wanting to call him Clear. And her clier. <laughs> Clear and clier. <laughs> so John and Mary saw strange balls of light and an unidentified flying object. Keel used a large bright flashlight to use Morse code to say descend into the sky when he saw this thing. And he, they said a, a craft dropped down in a zigzag or a falling leaf motion. Mary actually... Um, signed a document stating that she saw this so he would have a witness so they saw this thing i don't know what happened i don't know if it came out or if it just fell down and it was gone i just can't imagine that like being there (laughs) yeah and i can't imagine him being like oh look a flying saucer come down and and she was over there freaking the fuck out like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) why would you do that i don't want it to come (laughs) down why would you do that so, um, funny enough, Kill got conjunctivitis after this experience. Crazy. Touching butts. Uh-huh. So, November 16th, Marcella Bennett, um, Bennett's, her brother Raymond Wamsley, and his wife Kathy went to the TNT area and on the way saw a UFO in the sky. They actually went to visit their sister and on the way back they saw a light in the sky. She had her daughter Tina with her. Um, so she went to her, they went to their sister house to have a visit on their way back. They, they, I think they just got out of the car or got out of the house to, um, go back to the car. Mm -hmm. And, um, Marcella actually had her little daughter, Tina with her. And she said she saw huge like feet and then legs and then a body and then wings and these glowing red eyes. She saw like she looked up and it was just kind of like standing right in front of her. Crazy. She had her kid with her. And it was like three years old at the time, Tina. And she just got this horrible, paralyzing fear. And she actually fell on her kid. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. But she couldn't get up. So the kid's pinned underneath her. She couldn't get up. And this thing just towering over her. And she said... 
like she just couldn't move whatsoever. So finally she broke free from this hypnotic stake she was in and she picked up her kid and they ran into the house. So she tried to run, but she fell on her daughter and couldn't get up. She couldn't help it and couldn't move at all. She finally broke free of the paralysis. They went into the house and actually tried to get into the house and it was looking into the house at them. No, ma'am. Yeah. But they didn't get a good look at him because it was in the shadows and whatever. So, November 1966, at the North Power Plant, Bob Bobsworth, sounds fake. Maybe it was fake. Maybe he was just trying to keep his name out of the paper. Um, he was driving with a friend on his motorcycle, and he saw two big red eyes on the top of the building. They got off their motorcycle, and it was a TNT building, or the North Power Plant, same area. Um, they got, got off and looked up at the glowing red eyes, looking down at them. So naturally they decided to go into the building and look they <laughs> they went to go check it out they walked all the way up the stairs and then towards the top they saw a creature walking towards them and it just stopped short of the moonlight shining through the window so it was still in the shadows yeah but you just see the shape of you know the haunches of the wings and like a big body um so they were like trying to like see what it was and then it just walked away and then they heard the flopping of wings as it jumped off the catwalk and flew into the sky. It said it actually, um, yeah. So they reported that it didn't have a long neck. It actually had no neck and like, like I said, haunches where it's back or where the wings would be. One time a woman uh, said that she was driving along the hallway highway by the TNT factory. I don't have a name. She was with her brothers and sister, and she saw a creature with glowing red eyes keeping up with the car. It actually jumped on the lid of the car and watched them. They saw it jump up on the roof of the building, which was about four or five stories up. They didn't say it, say it flew yet. Mm-hmm. It said it was actually just jumping. Or when it was keeping up with the car, it looked like it was kind of running. Ew. Yeah, or maybe like flying as a car, but they couldn't see it. Um, Kind of reminds me of Jeepers Creepers type thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it jumped four or five stories up onto the roof and one of her brothers decided it'd be a great idea to start throwing rocks at it to see if it would like, I don't know, come down. Men are stupid. So then, um, it kind of got up or got fed up and stretched its wings and just went away, flew away. All throughout November, people were terrorized by a bird-like creature. It would trace everybody around everybody was like saying oh my gosh we saw this it chases through here oh my gosh it was staring at me through here it was crazy so this is a weird little factor uh, a little um anecdote a lot of people think that the mothman would terrorize women who are on their period what yeah why i don't know maybe it's like an alien thing oh yeah that seems weird yeah That's i don't weird. know that was weird but i had to say it <clears throat> So, there was one thing, uh, this isn't really Mothman, it's aliens, but on the night of March 5th, 1967, a Red Cross bloodmobile was traveling along, along Route 2, which runs parallel to the Ohio River. Bo Scherzer, 21, and a young nurse had been out all day collecting human blood, and now they're heading back to Huntington, West Virginia, with a van full of fresh blood. The road was dark and cold, and there was very little traffic. So as they moved along a particularly deserted stretch, there was a flash in the woods on a nearby hill and a large white glow appeared. It rose slowly into the air and flew straight for its vehicle. Quote, my God, what is it? The nurse cried. 
And Scherzer was like, I'm not going to find out. And decided to go faster as the little blood mobile would go because it's probably a van. Right. <laughs> you know? So the ob- object effortlessly sweeped over the van and it kind of just stayed with it. It wouldn't go anywhere. Um, she was freaking out. The nurse was freaking out, thinking he was trying to get him. Um, he said that he actually saw a hand or arm extend being lowered towards the, the car. No. Like maybe he was going to pick it up. Um, but they were able to, um, but they were able to get out of there and were actually saved by the sudden appearance of headlights from the on- approaching traffic. Oh, wow. So once it saw the other person, it just kind of left and went away. So spooky. Maybe it was trying to abduct them. And take all their blood. Are there any reports of Mothman stealing people? Well, I think there's a lot of reports of people losing time. Um. Mm-hmm. So no one no one knows what's happened. And that's another thing. I was reading or I was listening to that podcast that I was talking to you about. And they said something along the lines of maybe they remembered all of this because the aliens didn't have time to erase it from their memory. Because they were able to run away. And John Keel actually says in his book, too, maybe we only hear from those that that make it, not those that didn't make it. What if you've been abducted? I know. I know. I don't think, I don't think I, you know what? I don't have any scars. When we were, and I was like in elementary school, junior high school, yeah. I went camping with my my Girl Scout troop uh-huh. and we were all outside and we went to bed and um, one of the Girl Scout troops, sometimes our parents would come to help um, our Girl Scout leader. You know, they need another parent. So her parents came and um, they swore up and down that in the middle of the night they saw a flying, like a, a lights in the sky that were like awfully. They're like, dude, we saw something. And they were freaked out. So I might have been coming abducted. abducted. Do you have scars? Yeah. I only have scars from a cat bite. <laughs> I have a lot of scars on my knees. I'm very clumsy. I fall everywhere. I think that's just from you. I don't think I'm that's I'm just like, ah! <laughs> yeah. Do I have scars anywhere else? Or you know what? This is kind of, kind of personal. But I really suck at, at shaving my, my legs. And, like, I always cut myself. Always, I, but that I don't think I don't think aliens are going through our legs. I got my cat How bites. Do you know, my cat bites are. Uh, I've tattooed over them now, but I had cat bites when I was little. Oh no! I was like playing it was a bad cat. Oh, I was really? playing like good cop, bad cop, but good cop, bad cat, bad kitty, and the cat was bad. So it's <laughs> it my own fault. He's like, you can't catch me, copper. Yeah, he's like, fuck you, <laughs> stupid. I remember that cat too. It was down in Oro Vista. And, uh, San Diego. Oh my gosh. You little dickhead. That's too funny. So yeah, that was interesting. So people would say that the creature is trying to communicate with them. Um, a lot of people thought like it's trying to tell us something, but they felt so much fear that it was kind of like, I don't know what. But it was like foreshadowing. Some people say that uh, they would get a feeling of dread after seeing it. So um, John Keel and Mary... Um, Mary uh, reported getting strange phone calls all the, the throughout mm. the whole year that this is happening. They would get phone calls just like of silence or like beep, 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 or like 
garbled noises. They were just getting weird ass phone calls. Men in black? Maybe. Who knows? But it was just really weird. And people who had reported seeing Mothman or any of these other flying saucers would also get really weird calls. Yikes. Yeah, people are just getting weird ass calls. Also, I mean, this is also the 60s, so I think the government was doing a lot of shady shit back then, too. For sure. So maybe they were tapping people's lines and stuff. Trying to figure out what was going on. Um, so, yeah, there were a lot of strange phone calls were happening. Um, uh, influx of these men in black were coming out. Lots of visits from MIB. Here come. I can't mm-hmm. stop. Every time. And a lot of people would actually tell them that the men would contact them and try to get info on John and Mary. There there was this one point or one thing that I heard in John's book that there was a big party and it was like a lot of um, reporters and everybody. And this random ass man came in and he was really freaking weird. And he was like, he would stand too close to people and he was dressed kind of awkward and everyone just had a weird feeling about him. And he said that he was actually, oh, I'm actually a friend of this guy. So tell me about John, um, John Keel. Where is he? Is he here right now? Uh, do you know when he's coming back to Point Pleasant? Or they would be like, oh, there was a woman too that would, that pretended to be his secretary. John Keel didn't have a secretary. And he would go to these places and be like, oh, hi, I'm John Keel's secretary. I need all of this from you. So it was just really weird stuff happening. So, um, I thought it was, uh, this whole 13 months crescendoed when on December 15th, 1967, the Ohio bridge collapsed, killing 46 men, women, and children. Some people think that the Mothman was trying to warn the town about this tragedy. Some claiming sightings connected with UFOs. Others claim that the military storage site was Mothman's home. It's just strange how consistent each story was in each description was. And to just have... The sheer volume. Mm-hmm. There were there were reports that people saw Mothman around the bridge that night. Um, it was actually, it was right before Christmas. Everybody was, you know, shopping and Christmas shopping there. So the bridge had a lot of people on it that day. Yeah. And there was a really faulty thing in the bridge, like column or something yeah. that was fractured that you would never know unless you took out the whole bridge apart and then put it back together. Wow. So this had to happen. This was, it, it was unavoidable. This was going to happen sooner or later. So that day it just happened. Damn. So yeah, that, it's very, very sad. So some explanations. Some think it's a large sandhill crane, which is about four or five feet tall. Other people like Jack <laughs> think it's an owl, which, what did you say? 40, 46 inches? Yeah, roughly. Some, yeah, the barred wingspan. owl. Oh, oh, wingspan is 48 inches. Wingspan is 40, oh, 46 Oh, okay, inches. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the biggest barred owl is only like two feet. Wingspan might be 48 inches, but it's like a two feet, two foot. Oh, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, no one's going to think this two foot owl is a big ass mothman especially hundreds of people especially people like i said that were older that didn't want attention that didn't want any of this that didn't want people to think they were crazy when all this other conspiracy theories are going around no one's gonna want to do that if my dad saw something like that he'd probably be like ah, it was a bird 
That was a mom. Bro, hand. same. If I don't want to be yeah. scared, I'm like, yeah, that, that was me. He wouldn't want like, to be sound crazy. Yeah. And none of these old men are going to want to sound crazy. Yeah, especially to other men. Exactly. That's what I think. Um, So uh, this started in, again in 66. Some believe this was the government trying to distract people from politics like war. Or maybe to, trying to distract people from the government. On October 10th, 1977 was... I'm sorry. On October 10th, 1977, there was a battle of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Um, at the end, actually, 230 um, natives were killed or wounded. Oh. And more than 50 Virginians had lost their lives. Uh, it's said that the um, settlers betrayed the natives. I mean, that's like the, give me a news story, plan, right? Yeah. yeah, that's always... It's always like that. Of, so the settlers betrayed um, the chief and... Um, it's said that the chief cursed the land for 200 years. But, I mean, white people are always... loved blaming That's what I was going to say. Native Americans. Mm-hmm. People are always trying to blame natives on something. Yeah. Um, so, but that was also an interesting little thing. Also, like I said, it's near the Appalachian Mountains. There's so many creatures in there. And um, there's so many... So much going on there. What's that it's creature huge. that everybody talks about on TikTok? Uh, Wendigo. Oh, isn't that like is that Appalachian? Montana? Oh, maybe it's not or the same. Dakotas. It's all the same to me. That's <laughs> like the East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, um, there's another thing. So there are sightings that are similar to the Mothman in many ways, including the fact that most of them seem to be heralds of impending disasters. Um, there is. This place in Freiburg, Germany, where mothman-like creatures scared miners away shortly before a collapse. Another notable visit was the nuclear plant at Chernobyl, where oh. a creature haunted the facilities for a while before the famous nuclear meltdown. There were also two mothman pictures taken in the New York on 9-11. Multiple sightings before the Minnesota bridge collapse. Damn. Yeah. Some people believe that the Mothman tries to warn people about disasters about to happen, such as Freeburg and Chernobyl sightings listed above. Or what if they're aliens from obviously a different planet because aliens <laughs> and they're here to witness horrible things. Just stick around. Have you ever, yeah. Have you ever seen Odd Thomas or read the book Odd Thomas by uh-huh. Dean Koontz, which is my favorite author, by the way. He has... You are such a middle-aged man. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I like Dean Koontz in like high school. He was like, that's my man. Oh my God. Um, he has this book about, there's this guy that sees these creatures that surround or that gather in places of crazy disasters. Damn. So maybe well, that's it. I mean, why not? Yeah. I had more to say about Men in Black, but I forgot. So <laughs> so maybe, maybe we're, we're in an hour, so that's else. fine. Yeah. I'm sure we could always do a part two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, maybe not, maybe, for <laughs> maybe not for a while. Maybe. <laughs> no, there's so much, you guys. Really, if you want to learn more about it, I just had a couple things, but if you want to learn more about it, I would definitely read John Keel's book or listen to the multiple podcasts that are out there. Yeah. There's so many good ones. There's a lot out there. So many. If you need more, um, more, um, what's that word when I convincing, then look into it. There you go. And check us out on, um, 
the devil made me review oh, it. Oh, yes. And the devil made me review, review it. Where Brrr. we talk about the movie. Yeah. Which I love. All right, you guys. Thanks so much for watching. We appreciate watching. For listening. listening. <laughs> we appreciate it. It's because I'm watching Jen. Oh, I yeah, stare at her while I. <laughs> so thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you leave us a review, please. Even the bad ones, I'm over it. I get it. If you need to leave a bad review, I, I understand. But um, just don't I don't. Jen. Don't be that person. <laughs> I think that's so rude. Um, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> then maybe it's just not for you. Yeah, that's I know. All it is. Aliens and 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 also I know we're kind of growing late, but I did not expect mock expect. I saw that. Expect <laughs> my tongue got in the way. Mothman to be any way related to aliens. I was not like. I was not prepared for alien talk. I had thought about it until you said it. I was like, and what the fuck? Aliens? Like, I mean, he's flying. I feel like any well, anything maybe. that's flying, people are like, aliens. I thought it was going to be like the Jersey Devil or, you know, like, yes. is he they, aliens? They, no. Okay. No, nobody blames the al- Jersey Devil on aliens. Yeah. But we'll go into that next time. I thought he was going to do, I was thought it was going to be like an actual cryptid cryptid, not like aliens. I love cryptids. Like, yeah, I just think too. they're fun. Me too. Okay, thanks, you guys. We appreciate you. And remember, ghosts don't give a sheet. Whether you believe or not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad we remembered that. (laughs) Resident Spectre here. Do you have a tale that will make our skin crawl? Email us your stories at ghostbuttspodcast at gmail.com to possibly be featured in a future episode. Don't forget to follow us at Ghost Butts Podcast on Instagram and Ghost Butts Podcast on TikTok. Pleasant screams.